Hey there, friends. How's it going? My name is Kyle Devlin, and I am the host of this podcast. This is the Having a Blast podcast. Having a Blast is a pop punk and emo podcast where we'll be doing a deep dive on important albums and bands. We'll also be speaking with band members, producers, and friends. If you happen to like what you hear, if you could do me a huge favor, perhaps give us a five-star review. That just really helps get the algorithms working in our favor, and then more people can hear the podcast. Or Another thing that really helps us out is if you share it with a friend. If you've got a friend that enjoys this type of music, pop punk and indie, I'd greatly appreciate it. All right, without further ado, let's get into it. Hey there, friends. What is up? Tonight, I'm excited because I'm doing the second edition of my favorite records from the year 2021. So I covered three categories in the first section, the last episode that I did, the first of these last three Flashback Fridays, because we're technically flashing back in the year 2021 and recapping the year on some of my favorite records, maybe even perhaps some of your favorite records as well. So we covered the skate punk genre, the pop punk genre, and the newer pop punk post Malone pop punk genre. So a week has gone by since I did that episode and I realized that I left out a couple of records that I really enjoyed from the pop punk genre as well. I really enjoyed the We Were Sharks record. I don't know why, but I thought it came out last year. But yeah, the newest We Were Sharks record is really good. All of their records give me a Take This to Your Grave, Follow Boy vibe. Very consistent, super catchy. The singer's really good. He's got a great voice. He writes really hooky melodies. So I apologize. I left that one off, but that's a really great record that I I revisited a lot in 2021. I also want to mention that I left off two punk releases that could probably go in the skate punk category, punk rock category. I listened to both of them. They weren't my favorite records of 2021, but I did enjoy, or I do enjoy rather, a few songs on the records, which are Descendants, their record that they put out that they wrote in the 80s and recorded in the early 2000s. Ninth and Walnut is what it's called, I believe. And then single album by NoFX. NoFX is one of my favorite bands. I did listen to that record. I didn't include those on the list, the skate punk list, because although I did enjoy some songs on those records, those are not my favorite records from those two particular bands. I did enjoy them, but they weren't two of my favorite records of the year. A lot of people were asking me, why didn't I include the No Effects record or the Descendants record? And that's why I enjoyed them, just not my favorite records. Typically, when I'm listening to a No Effects record, this might be bad to say, but I almost always invariably want to go back and listen to So Long and Thanks for All the Shoes. That's my favorite No Effects record easily. It hit me at the right time in the right place. And I've been revisiting Punk and Drublick a lot lately too. So if you haven't listened to those two records in a while, I'd revisit those and bask in their brilliance because those are two classic skate punk records in my mind. Descendants is similar. I bounce around their catalog quite a bit and I listen to all a lot too. Okay. So onto the three categories tonight, I want to cover heavy music or heavier music that I enjoyed this year. And I'm lumping it all together. I know you could have a ton of subgenres like post-hardcore, hardcore, melodic hardcore, metal. I mean, the list goes on and on. Pop metal, whatever you want to call some of these bands and artists or subgenres. I'm going to list all the albums that I enjoyed from that genre, the heavier side of things. And then I want to cover post-punk or alternative or grungy, that category, because I think I probably listened to those types of records more than any other in 2021. 
and I reconnected to my love of bands like Texas is the Reason, Sunny Day Real Estate, Rites of Spring, Fugazi, bands like Jawbreaker, Just to Brazil, bands that were a little bit more on the grungier side of punk. That's, I think, the best way I can describe them. So I'm going to list out the post-punk or alternative albums that I really enjoyed. And then I'm going to list some of the newer emo or emo sounding records that I really enjoyed. Okay, so starting with heavier music, right out of the gate, I've got to go with a band that has been around since, I believe, 1999 or 2000. Don't quote me on that. I could be wrong. But it's the legendary Every Time I Die with Radical. It's on a lot of lists this year and for good reason. It's one of their best records, and Will Yip did an incredible job producing. I think they sound better than ever. The recording fits their style of music perfectly in my mind. It has authenticity, and it's still heavy, but it sounds sonically huge. A bit more polished than their last few records, and I like that. I prefer that with Every Time I Die. I tend to like polished music anyways, especially polished heavy music. So yeah, and Keith really pulled out all the stops with this record. He's incredibly on honest and brutally so brutally raw in his delivery on some of these songs. The song with Andy Hull from Manchester Orchestra is a triumph, maybe one of the best songs of the year, if not the best song of the year, and a complete departure from usual E-Tid fare. Still, Every Time I Die, nonetheless, and I revisited that record a ton this year. I'm still listening to it. It's a staple when I'm working out and stuff. That probably sounds really lame and cliche, and I apologize, but yeah, sometimes heavy music is really good and really cathartic during times like that. Okay, and so the next record I want to highlight is from the band Architects. I really enjoyed the new Architects record. The album is called For Those That Wish to Exist and I love the title of the record and the album art is really cool with the astronaut in I believe a church. Looks like he's in a church. Very epic. It follows the music. The music is very triumphant. I love all of the brass and orchestral instruments that they throw in the mix. It just adds that layer of bigness and epicness to their music. They've been putting out a a lot of great records the last decade plus and this is another classic and I love it and it's a great heavy record yeah there's definitely some moments where they're adopting the bring me the horizon playbook with their sound and everything but I still love it still think it's a great record and it's one that I revisited a lot the next heavy record that I would like to highlight is from a band called era I believe that's how you say their name I think I discovered these guys from the new noise podcast with Shane and Mike Howell that's where I discovered this band era and the record is is self-titled. So E-R-R-A is how you spell their band name. And that's the same name as the record. Metalcore, I like it, but after a while, it all starts to sound like another Memphis Mayfire record. It all tends to blur together and sound the same to me. I tend to like bands more in the hardcore, the melodic hardcore genre. Bands like Misery Signals and even Comeback Kid to a certain extent. I like those types of bands. Poison the Well is a band that I really liked back in the early 2000s, late 90s. So Metalcore, after a while, it all just sounds a little too pristine, too on the grid, but sometimes every once in a while you get a really fantastic album that reignites something within the genre, and I think this is one of those records. I think it's a great record from them, and I think it's going to continue making them huge. A lot of riffs, so if you're a guitar player, check out Era. It's a great record. Beartooth, that's another one that I really enjoyed. Below, their newest album, and it had been three years since their last record, but I think they write incredible records. Caleb is an amazing lyricist. I think 
he's very honest. He speaks what a lot of us are thinking and then turns them into these really anthemic choruses. And I think that's one of the best things about Beartooth is their choruses. I think he, in particular, really dialed in his melodies on this album. I think he spent a lot of time on them. I even love the last song. It's instrumental. It almost reminds me of Silverchair. Their instrumental on their first record, heavy. I like it a lot. And I think they're a great band. And it makes sense why they're so huge. And they've got another massive tour coming up next year with Silverstein, which is really cool. That'd be a really cool show to go to. And speaking of Silverstein, they put out a great record last year, but we're highlighting 2021. They did put out a single that I really enjoyed this year called Bankrupt. And I listened to this song a lot. It's great for a heavy song. I think the reason I like it so much is because the lyrics are directly pointing out politicians and how corrupt and ridiculous they can be. And I would imagine they're speaking to the United States politicians. So if you haven't listened to that song, listen to it. If you enjoy this style of music, Bankrupt is the song. I don't know if it's going to go on their next record, but it's a really cool one-off that I listened to a lot in 2021. So yeah, Beartooth Below, really enjoyed that one. Spirit Box, a newer band that had a ton of hype. And I think they live up to the hype. I think Eternal Blue is a great record. Spirit Box is fronted by a female. She's got a killer voice and they write really interesting music. So I enjoyed that one quite a bit. And then another heavy music album that has been on several end of the year lists that I've seen anyways is the band Turnstile with Glow On. I do think that record is a great record. It has moments and shades of the 90s. It has elements of old school hardcore like Gorilla Biscuits or even Bad Brains. And yeah, it's just cool. It's a cool way for hardcore to go, I think. And I think people who are talking shit on the album sound like crotchety old men who need to just recognize that music is going to change and evolve without you. So you can either get on the train and enjoy what you enjoy or, you know, ignore what you want to ignore. But I think Turnstile, even for a band that has a ton of hype, I think they live up to it. And Glow On is a great record. That was one that I revisited quite a bit. And if you haven't listened to it yet, I would check it out for sure. Go in with an open mind. There's a lot of different sonic elements on the record and I think they pull them all off and I'm looking forward to seeing them live at some point. Okay, so let's do some post-punk records. I really enjoyed the new Quicksand, Distant Populations. For all intents and purposes, that's probably my favorite record of 2021. I listen to that one more than anything, I think, and I love every song. I love Walter's voice. I love his songwriting. When I was talking to Josh from Dogwood, he mentioned that they write songs that have chords that we've all heard, but they do do them in this subtle way where they do some sort of rhythm with it or just a different pattern or a different chord progression, something that you've never heard before. It sounds fresh every time you hear it. I love Quicksand and I love their new record and that might be my favorite record of the year. So check that one out. Check out Inversion. I think the recording is really cool too. I think it's perfect for their sound. It's not overproduced, but everything sits well in the mix and I like the distortion on the guitars, big anthemic choruses, very original tunes. And then there's The Dirty Nail with Fuck Art, which is also one of my favorite records of the year. It's really catchy, but it's also rock and roll. I think best described by the second song title, Blunt Force Concussion. That's what the record sounds like. So if you haven't heard it, listen to it immediately and then check out their other records because they rule. 
The next post-punk album that I really loved, alternative, grungy, whatever you want to call it, is from a newer band that I was turned on to by Brett from the Dear Misses. The band is called Teenage Wrist. The album is called Earth is a Black Hole. What a 90s title, right? So grunge. I love it. They remind me of maybe a Soundgarden meets the Smashing Pumpkins, but with newer recording. And the recording sounds incredible. I love the tones that they were able to achieve with this record. It feels like a 90s alternative record, but there's some elements of pop that splashes throughout the record. Some of the songs are really catchy and they have really catchy choruses and verses. I loved this record. I loved their last EP as well. And this is a good addition. I'm looking forward to seeing them live as well. They were just here in town a few months ago. They opened for Bad Flower. I didn't want to go watch Bad Flower though, just to see Teenage Wrist. But I'm hoping that at some point they'll do a headlining run and I'll get to see them play. Loved that record. The next post-punk record is from Legendary Thrice. Revisited this one a lot. Horizons East. I don't know if we're going to get a Horizons West record, but I hope we do. Especially these days, after the hiatus, when they came back with To Be Everywhere is To Be Nowhere, I got fully on board with everything Thrice wants to put out. I am okay with them experimenting. I'm okay with them putting out other records that are similar to Beggars. They can put out records like To Be Everywhere is To Be Nowhere. I'm completely bought in. I'm a fan for life. I enjoy Thrice as a band. I respect them as a band. I'm always interested to hear what they've got going on. And I loved Palms as well. So this is another great addition to their catalog, one that I revisited. So if you haven't listened to the newest Thrice, I would check it out. I would recommend it for sure, especially if you like the last two records. I think it's a good blend of the two. And I think it was good for them to outsource the mixing of it. They recorded it themselves, but I think it was a good idea for them to outsource at least a little bit so they're not so close to it. Okay. And then the next record, some people might say, oh, this isn't post-punk. This is more like the pop punk. Well, okay, fair enough. But I am going to lump it into this category. And the record is from Angels and Airwaves. I think this is my favorite Angels and Airwaves record since the first one, since We Don't Need to Whisper. I like it because number one, I think the songs are great. And I think Tom DeLonge actually took his time and wrote really great songs. But at the same token, he managed to create an album that doesn't sound like anything else. I really do think Angels and Airwaves at this point has their own sound. And of course, there are elements of U2 and Blink-182. And if you were to put those two together and you had the baby and it was Angels and Airwaves, yeah, we get that for sure. But this record, it sounds new. It sounds like something exciting and different and the tones are different and they really created something unique. I think he experimented with some melodies that suit his voice very well. I think he did a good job making sure he got the right people on board to record him, and they spent a good chunk of time doing it. They didn't rush this process at all. It took him a couple years to do the whole thing. And Elon Rubin, his brother, I think he was the one who engineered most of it, and then they had Rich Costa mix it, which was a really great idea. It just gives it a fresh sound. It's probably the farthest away he's ever been from being in a pop-punk band, this record. The other unsung hero on this record is Matt Rubano. The bass on this record, Life Forms in particular, is incredible. He did an amazing job. He's an amazing bass player. Listen to the bass if you listen to this record. Try to single it out and listen to all the cool runs that Matt Rubano does because I think it really does add a whole lot to the record. You know, for all my thoughts on Tom, I think Tom did a good job of creating a good conceptualized piece of art with this thing. Even by adding the two songs that have been out for over a year at this point before the 
record came out. Kudos to you, Tom DeLonge. You keep pushing the boundaries. You know, I think people, they say Mark is a little stuck in the past playing pop punk, but I'm okay with that because I think he does it very well. If anything, he might do it as one of the best in the genre. And with Tom DeLonge, you get something very magical with Blink. You get something very original sounding. And I think that's evident when you listen to this Angels and Airwaves record. Tom is not content with maintaining the status quo. He's trying to push to a different level each time. And I think he did a good job with this one. So check it out if you haven't listened to it yet. I think it's a great record. Speaking of Sunny Day Real Estate, William Goldsmith, the drummer, he's in a band called Assertion. And the album that they put out this year is called Intermission. I've only listened to a little bit of it, but I really liked what I heard. So I need to sink my teeth into that one a little bit more as a fun post-punk record. And I just recently discovered a band, a couple of bands actually. One is called Avlov, and they put out a record called Buds this year. I really enjoy that one. There's a band called Sincere Engineer. They put out a record this year called Bless My Psyche. And that's a cool post-punk record as well. It might even fall more into the emo category of things, which we're going to talk about right now. So let's move on to my favorite records within the emo genre, shall we? And the first record is a record that was turned on to me by Mr. Ben Wendt. It's actually an EP and it's by the band Hot Mulligan. They put out a EP and it is titled I Won't Reach Out to You. I think my favorite one is featuring Mark Hoppus, which is a great title. Yeah, it's a great five songs, easy to listen to. Singer's got a very distinct voice. I heard those dudes are very nice and very good live, so I'm looking forward to seeing them at some point. I think they're coming with The Wonder Years, so that'll be fun. The next emo record that I really enjoyed is from a band called The World is a Beautiful Place and I Am No Longer Afraid to Die. And the album is called Illusory Walls. And this record, man, it just takes you on a journey. It's an opus, I would say. A ton of brass instruments strewn throughout, male and female lead vocals. There's a lot of members of the band. I think they even have friends come in and out of the studio and help them that aren't actual members of the band, but maybe they're members sometimes and then other times they're not. This is a fantastic record, one that I revisited quite a bit. It's a pretty sprawling, epic record. So if you've got a long drive somewhere, that's a good time to listen to this record. Or if you're going on a long bike ride or a long walk outside, if it's halfway decent, you know, and it's not too cold in the wintertime, I would check out Illusory Walls. It's a fantastic record. It might be their best. All right. And there you have it. My best of 2021 Flashback Friday Part 2. So we covered heavier music, emo music, and post-punk slash alternative music tonight. So it's been fun because I've had a lot of people hit me up saying, hey, I agree with you on this record. I really dug it. And check this one out. It's been fun because there's a lot of great music to be had and a lot of great music to discover. There's more and more every year, it seems, which is crazy. But I hope you all are doing well out there beyond podcast land. I am so, so excited to edit the next interview that I have. It's with one of my favorite bands of all time. I'm really, really excited. This has been a crazy month for interviews. I feel incredibly grateful for the people who have appeared on this podcast, who have agreed to talk to me, who have agreed to give me their time. And I recognize how valuable their time is and how valuable time is in general. So I'm very grateful for that. I just want to give a thank you to the universe and to all these people out there. And then I'm really grateful to anyone who has ever listened to any show or if you listen on the regular, I'm very, very appreciative of it. I thank you very much. I don't take it lightly. I'm very grateful for it. And feel free to hit me up anytime. I love talking about this stuff. It's so fun and life-giving to talk about music. I hope you all had a great holiday out there too. If you celebrate whatever you celebrate and yeah, I will talk to you soon. All right, take care. Bye.
Hey, thanks so much for listening. I really do appreciate it. I hope you had a good time. I hope you enjoyed this episode. If you want to help the podcast out, if you want to do a massive solid for us here at Having a Blast, if you could just leave us a review, a five-star review would be amazing wherever you listen to podcasts. Or if you just want to recommend this podcast to a friend who might enjoy it. All right. Hope you have a wonderful day. Hope you're having a blast listening to your favorite records. I'll talk to you later. Later.